Hey, Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan London, filmmaker, writer, uh, storyteller. Uh, we've made movies, video games, comic books. I've had my hand in all sorts of entertainment, pop culture stuff, so I started a little show about it called Geekscape way back in 2006, so I could talk to like-minded fans, professionals, and celebrities about living and working in the world of pop culture. Of course, it's exploded over the last 10 years. You can blame Star Wars. You can blame um, Marvel. You can blame uh, the explosion of Dungeons & Dragons. I think we might have another Dungeons & Dragons-themed episode coming up for you guys very soon. Uh, The tabletop gaming stuff, like who'd have thought that 20, 30 years ago when we were playing this stuff as young teens or high schoolers, I'm speaking for myself, I just aged myself, that this stuff would be at the top of uh, culture uh, here in America and super popular. And I got to say, I love doing the show. Uh, Sorry I missed last week. Things are getting a little too busy for me right now. I'm actually, I think I might have another episode tomorrow. If you're watching this live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, um, I have a little bit of a backup on guests. Not only that, but I think this Marvel Loki show ends next week, and then we go right into a Marvel's uh, movie. Uh, so there's two Disney things wrapping up next week. And you know what that means? It means Geekscape has to have an Ian Kerner deep dive into wrapping all that stuff up. Uh, Ian's our comic book encyclopedia who sometimes hosts those uh, Marvel wrap ups with me. Um, so there's a lot going on over here. And we've just um, kept adding new shows to the network to cover some of the genres and some of the pop culture uh, niches that we don't do very well here at Geekscape because we are just spread thin. And I got to say, I love the numbers. Thank you so much. I checked Spotify today. Um, I did not know that over the last few weeks, uh, it looks like uh, the side of a mountain. We were kind of, I would say that on on Spotify, we were a little tepid. I, I'm I'm kind of sad that you guys took a while to catch up on Spotify. I have only myself to blame because we were around on Apple for so long since the beginning. Clearly, iTunes and Apple Podcasts started out with podcasting first, and we had a nice little nice little group there. It was awesome, and some of you were just a little late to getting Geekscape on Spotify, but. I don't know what it was, but in the last few months, I start to see that Spotify number climb and it's awesome. Thank you guys so much. It really helps when you guys leave a review. That stuff helps our visibility. And it also helps when someone like our guest today, Lee Romare goes, maybe I'll spend some time on Geekscape. Is it worth it? Let me see what people are saying about it. And maybe he goes on the Apple podcast or the Spotify and watches a review and it's like, okay, this will not be a total waste of my time. So I'm into it. All right. We've got an amazing episode. If you guys are thinking about things like animatronics, creature effects, we're going to talk to one of the best. His name is Lee Romare. He has his own Romare Studios. Um, and recently he did a little bit of Five Nights at Freddy's fun. That's something you guys are talking about, right? I think it checks a lot of the Geekscape boxes based on a video game. It's got a little bit of horror in it, so it's Halloween-themed. I hope you all were safe over Halloween weekend and yesterday, Halloween. Um, It it seems perfect for us. Of course, it's film. Uh, Again, it checks a lot of the geek boxes, and we've got Lee coming up. And you guys are kicking it already in the comments. We have Ann Rohr. She couldn't even wait for the show to start. She says, I'm so excited. Uh, Christopher Robinson said, Loki has been so tight. He loves it. He cannot wait for the uh, Geekscape Loki wrap-up. Jim Pelgrinelli over there in uh, in New York says, Mazel tov. 
climb that Spotify mountain. Well, with your help, Jim. So thank you so much. And wait, my wife is watching from the other room because she says, you're so cute. XO. Well, right back at you, sweetie. I wish you, I could watch you like you're watching me, but I've got a podcast to do. So enough of this. Let's get to it. Let me play the theme song. And we'll be right back with Lee. Geekscape is here we are geeking out together um as i said in the intro i'm not being facetious it has been so busy over here at geekscape headquarters that uh there has not been a lot of time for the consumption of geek stuff i watched the creator which is that uh new ai movie it it had already been out a month and i didn't see it until last weekend uh i've been watching these loki episodes that I, we have to talk to about talk about in about a week i've been watching them like three or four days after they air uh, I've been playing a little bit of Mario Wonder. I do love this new Mario game, um, but I like it because I can put it, uh, pick it up for like five, ten minutes and then put it back down. And I think there's a little bit something else I'm forgetting. I did go to some wrestling matches this weekend because my brother was wrestling. As you guys know, my my brother Paul, former WWE Tag Team Champion on SmackDown, had some wrestling shows. They put him in a cage match on Sunday at a new promotion down in South LA called Compton Mania. I had so much fun with the Compton Mania folks. And I actually was there with Zach Diallo and Dustin. Zach and Dustin do the $2 late fee podcast here on Geekscape. Diallo's got his Battlestar Galactica um, podcast here on Geekscape. I mean, it was the whole Geekscape family. And I'm sitting here at this wrestling event and someone comes up to me and says, Geekscape's awesome, by the way. I think they were a fan of my brothers that came that that recognized Zach and Dustin from Two Hour Late Fee, and then they were like, "Hey, Geekscape was awesome. I will take it. I'll take it." If you guys ever see us at any events, and we got LA Comic Con coming up in early December, so there will be live, lots and lots of live events. Um, come up and say hi. Say hey, Geekscape's awesome, or send me an email, Jonathan at Geekscape dot net. Um, you know that is that is awesome. Whenever I hear about that, and obviously, if you enjoy our guests. It always helps to hit them up on social media and say, hey, I saw you, heard you on Geekscape, any of the Geekscape shows, and we loved it. I learned so much, and I thought you were awesome. That always helps um, reward them because they put their time into being guests, and, and we love having them. So, all right, with no further uh, ado, let's let's get right to Lee. Uh, Lee Romare has worked with some of the best filmmakers and storytellers around, from Stephen King to Elton John to Steven Spielberg, and now he's on Geekscape. Hey, Lee, how are you? Hi, everybody. Hi, Jonathan. <laughs> okay, man. I got to tell you, um, I, I don't even know where to begin because I absolutely love some of the stuff you've been working on recently, animatronics, mm-hmm. especially that's topical because the Five Nights at Freddy movie made like almost $80 million this past right. weekend. Right. And it's huge. And you guys were, were recreating some of those Five Nights at Freddy's um, you know, animatronics, uh, horrific animatronics for uh, a pretty popular YouTube channel. But before that, I mean, you've been make, doing creature effects and 
that stuff for a long time. I got to ask you, Lee, like, how'd you get into some of this stuff? Oh, um, do you want to start from the very beginning? Um, Absolutely. Okay. I come, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm from a small town in Louisiana uh, called Morgan city. And when I was a kid, uh, I loved things that looked real. Um, and you know, coming from the South, there's a lot of, uh, animals on the wall, you know, fish, uh, um, deer heads, things like that. So I was fascinated with that kind of thing. And so I learned how to do taxidermy, believe it or not, as a young kid. So I have a bit of Norman Bates in me already. Well, how old um, do we think, like, how old are we talking here, Lee? Like, oh, eight kid. years old, like seven. Oh, or that's, eight. that's, yeah. that's like Frankenweenie. Yeah. Like basically oh, that's like, I want yes. to reanimate my dog. Yes. So cemetery stuff. Yeah. So um, I, you know, I had a little business. People would come to me, and and I would do, you know, a terrible job on their fish or their, you know, their uh, duck or whatever they had. And I did that until I went to college. Um, I went to LSU and I uh, uh, studied in advertising. I, I uh, graduated in advertising and marketing. I did that for about ten years, and I really just wasn't feeling, you know, the passion that I, I felt like I should have. So I, one day I was in, um, uh, one day I was in a, 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 a bookstore um, and I saw a makeup artist magazine. And so I just, it just all of a sudden it hit me, I, you know, I, I kind of want to do, I was very interested in special effects when I was a kid. I think I want to do that. So I bought the makeup artist magazine Believe it or not, it was six weeks until the makeup artist uh, convention uh, in in Los Angeles. I flew out. I went to it. Um, I met a gentleman named Dick Smith. And if you're uh, a movie geek, you know exactly who that is. Um, yeah. Dick is famous makeup artist. He did The Exorcist, The Godfather, Altered States. Uh, and I met him and he uh, sort of took me under his wing and I took his uh, course. And... Um, a year and a half later uh, in, of intense work with Dick, I I, I, um, I flew out to, uh, or we actually, was it two years? Maybe two years. Um, we moved to LA with um, no work, um, a, a whole, um, a truck full of furniture, uh, rented a house. And within a month I was working at a, a, a special effects studio, um, Steve Johnson's uh, XFX at the time. Uh, that was my first job, um, with special effects. And I, you know, from there I worked with, uh, um, uh, Kevin Yeager who did, you know, the original Chucky and the original, the, the Freddy, um, work with uh, Jim Henson where that was one of my favorite places to work. Uh, you know, so I worked with a lot of studios and then I started my own studio, um, after that. So, yeah, so it's been about 20 years of that, 23 years of that. Well, Lee, a lot of eight-year-olds just have a lemonade stand. <laughs> right. Like, what was the response from your parents? And like, do you had? I'm guessing you had siblings, perhaps, or what uh, was the response I, yeah. with like I, when like you were like, "Hey, I want to do taxidermy at this young age, and I want to kind of find the mechanics of of yeah. this stuff." I, my parents were just super supportive of uh, those kind of things. I don't, you know, I, they probably thought I was strange, but I, you know, they were <laughs> always very supportive of it. Um, you know, when we would go to, uh, um, you know, I remember we would go to Daytona beach during the summer and, you know, my parents would let me cut up a fish in the shower and then, you know, put it out on the balcony, uh, <laughs> you know, so they were supportive of my habit. And I was kind of the kid who's going to do what I wanted to do anyway, uh, no matter what. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know how well received it was, but I was supported. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And I think that's amazing. Somebody asked me today because again, like I, I said earlier, when my brother was a pro wrestler and I got into, sometimes it's a, it's a financially tough pursuit the creative industry right yeah, you have yeah. great years and then you have lean years yes, yes and 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 it's tough when you do not have the consistent employer and you're really doing freelance it's really there's so, you know we're in a strike right now and yeah. you know, things dried up for a lot of us creatives um so like i was telling somebody today like they're like what like how supportive were your parents in this and ultimately when i just remember like my, my parents you know, they never told me not to, they were always worried, but, but right. You know, thank God for Paul pursuing wrestling because it almost gave me freedom to do whatever I wanted. And, and I wasn't bouncing up and down on my head. Yeah. Uh, so, so that helped your peers though. Like they must've thought like in, in middle school, high school, going into college, that some of these interests were, were weird. Um, but I never really like, worried about hey, that. I'm in my own lane. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of punk rock of you, dude. That's like a yeah. real punk rock. Yeah, I never really worried about that. I mean, when I moved out here, you know, when I told everybody I was going I, out of the blue that I'm going into special effects uh, makeup, um, everybody thought I was crazy. Um, no one, you know, no one had anything to say about it until that first movie credit uh, rolled on the screen. I remember my aunt and uncle. I uh, went to go see the movie. They saw the name and then all of a sudden it all became legitimate. You know, um, what was after that, everybody was excited about it. Everybody supported, you know, me on in that uh, endeavor. <laughs> what was the film? Uh, it was, it was um, wind talkers. Uh, it was, uh, it was a, it's a movie about the, uh, the, 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 the uh, Indian wind talkers during world mm -hmm. war two. Um, Kevin Yeager uh, did the effects for it. Um, and that I think that was that wasn't my first credit, but that was the first one that any any family member went to go see. Um, so you know, it, it became real for some reason at that point. It's amazing, and yeah. we have we've. I mean, I've 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 had some pretty awesome effects people that I've either talked to here on the show or we've had uh, in our documentary Doc of the Dead people like Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini. Oh, yeah. I remember Amazing. Tom Savini coming out to South by Southwest with us to premiere the movie. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you the one that I could not believe I was in the same room as was Stan Winston, the late, great, oh, amazing yeah. Yeah. Stan Winston. And as you're growing up and you're, you're seeing this, you know, you said you saw, you found this effects magazine and clearly I'm guessing your fans of like the Starlog, the Fangoria's, the sure, the all that stuff. I can yeah. totally hear you checking emails. If that is what you're doing, sir. No, sorry, I was clicking my. <laughs> all right. okay. I can hear that. I'm gonna put my uh, hands on my lap. It's all right. All right. It's all right. <laughs> um, what were some of the films that influenced you? What were some of the artists that influenced you? Right, because clearly you were fascinated by the reality of these things. You wanted to yeah. know how it, the. You said you wanted to see if things were real. Yeah. What about why? Why? What about the narrative of it all? What about some of the films that? So, uh, in terms of films, you know, it was you know Rick Baker. I loved all of his work. Stan Winston. Again, you bring up Stan Winston. I mean, you know, you look at right now. I, I don't know. You can go on um, YouTube and see the Stan Winston has a school uh, mm -hmm. and have all the the uh, all these old um, you know. A lot of times what goes on in the effects studio is way more interesting 
than what ends up in the movie. So you can see, you know, uh, Jurassic Park being made. You can see all these amazing movies being made and how they did it behind the scenes. And you just realize how incredible that time period was and all those people. And I know a lot of those people who were involved in the business back then. And it was just an amazing time. And they just made some amazing things at Stan Winston's studio. Uh, again, with as well with Rick Baker's studio. Um, I always love, you know, obviously Dick Smith's work. Um, I'm a big fan, of course, of um, Disney theme parks. I mean, I was, that's another thing that really um, moved me as a kid because you would move through these environments, pirates and the Haunted Mansion and the Jungle. Hall of Presidents. Hall of Presidents, which uh, I could say now that I worked on, you know. It's still kind of creepy. Like, you know, all those other ones I think were designed to be creepy, but Hall of Presidents was like, (laughs) In, incidentally creepy just because right. it was there's right. a bit of it that was creepy yeah you know? so those you know all those things that i loved like a lot of that i've been able to um participate in now you know so which is really exciting um uh, you know um what, who else i mean you know the people i work for too like uh steve johnson amazing uh artist i mean just a magician you know greg canham um a super nice guy, uh, amazing artist, uh, you know, Kevin Yeager. I mean, you know, he's very top. I mean, you know, just all these really cool people uh, I've been and, able to work with. Lee, when you think about animatronics specifically, we can yeah. talk about Fun Nights at Freddy, but obviously this stuff goes back. Right? You know, we were showbiz pizza kids. Mm-hmm. And going to showbiz right. pizza and having the, what was the name of that band? The Rock of Fire Explosion. Right, the gorilla and the wolf and the bird. It was a bird, like, and they're all playing their instruments. Right, and they're rocking out the the rock of fire explosion. Like, how many birthdays did we have at Showbiz Pizza before it got reskinned as Chuck E. Cheese? As many people younger than me know, yeah. um, there's something I think that's fun with these creatures being clearly animals or 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 aliens or monsters. The uncanny valleyness of it when it's a human, what do you think the, the, the story is there? Like, why are, why are people like what lends itself to, to, to a franchise like five nights at Freddy's where there was this undercurrent of, and maybe it's, it is the uncanny Valley of it all of it's close. It's lifelike, but it's not entirely trustworthy as a living being. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Duncanly. You know, it's it, as far as Freddy's goes. Freddy's is very, you know, it's an anthropomorphic uh, animal. It's um, they're very cartoonish, so I don't think you're getting like it's 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 not as scary there. But when you start getting into re- you know realism and realistic human beings, um, or it's like Westworld, that are very realistic. Yeah, it can get a like little the Yule Brenner Westworld, where like yeah. there's Yule Brenner Westworld. There's the Terminator. There's these yes. They're among us. It's almost like a pod people storyline where it's like, who couldn't actually be trusted Um, with five nights of Freddy. I mean, that that's kind of clear why it's scary. You know, it's this, it's this perversion of our childhood, right? Like, no, it's great. Yeah. It's amazing. And then they're in states of decay, right? Like they're, there's parts of them that are like broken and it's almost like that ending in Terminator where, where, where Sarah Connor is getting chased to the, that, that factory. And the ter- in, in Arnold as the Terminator is getting worn down and now he's got a skeletal hand and part of his face is skeletal and he just keeps coming. And as pieces of him that are, that make him human fall apart, right. you know, he just keeps coming. But now it's like 
the things that make them fun and make them innocent and childlike are falling apart. It's just a horrific blend. Um, how did that come about working on the Five Nights at Freddy's? Um, and what was it exactly? It's a, it's for, it was for a popular YouTube channel, correct? Yes. Yeah, so Fox YouTube channel. Yeah. I got an email, uh, from the director, uh, who was working, his name's Carson uh, Philbin and he was working with socks, um, to produce, they wanted to produce this five nights at Freddy's, uh, YouTube channel. Now I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever done anything for a YouTube channel at the studio. Um, but they wanted to recreate this. Um, they actually recreated the entire restaurant. They wanted oh to do, yeah, they wanted to do five and six, uh, characters and animatronic. And, um, you know, I looked at it like, wow, that's kind of a, that's kind of a crazy challenge. And they wanted to do it in eight weeks because they wanted to premiere it before the movie came out. That I was not in the press release, Lee. Like yeah. the eight week window is that's yes. crazy with yes. six, five, six characters. Yes. So, Oh my God. So, you know, we've done quick with, so typically our work here at the studio is for theme parks that, you know, we build animatronics that last 20 years and uh, have 95% reliability and uh you know, they cost millions of dollars and they, it takes two or three years to make them. Um, this is a very quick hit. Um, and we only had to have it last for one day. So, you know, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It was a one day shoot and they had to get everything they needed in one day. So, you know, it's, it's like, okay, yeah, we could do that. You know, if we can do these things that have to last for 20 years, we can do it for, you know, make it last for a, a day. Um, for movies and TV, we've done stuff that have to last for a month. Um, or but seasons it, at some point, yeah. right? And it's all, yeah. And it's all, you know, constant upkeep. Somebody's behind the scenes upkeeping it um, day and night. So um, am I hitting the desk again? Sorry. No, no, um, no. But, okay. but I, I was bringing, I brought up an image if you're watching yeah. on YouTube, Twitch, or, or, or Facebook, or, or yeah. on LinkedIn, as our good friend Ann Rohr is watching, who says the Hall of Presidents is such an impressive ride. It really is. Yes. It's really amazing. Um uh, this is not shoddy work the, you did. This is pretty amazing work. It makes it, yeah, it that's what drives you. me crazy when you thank say you. that you did this in eight weeks Yeah, because I would say that the work I saw in this YouTube video, the five nights of Freddy recreation stuff that you all did that can be held up against any Hollywood standard, including possibly the, the stuff that that's in the movie. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, this stuff looks great. Yeah. How functional is it? as an independent, I mean, I don't think animatronics is necessarily independent, right? None of this stuff is remote control operated. There's a, there's some puppeteering. Oh, no. elements it's there. absolutely remote control operated. Oh my God. That's yeah. amazing. In eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. You're a wizard. So, what, so what we did was we, well, I have a, an amazing crew. So, sure. you know, um, so we just kind of planned it out. So we had um, most of the bodies look the same. So we uh, quickly sculpted a body that would be generic for most of them. Um, we, uh, the foxy body was a little different than the, all the others. So we fabricated that one. All the heads are 3D printed. So they're all designed in the computer. Uh, all the mechanics are designed in the computer. Uh, we printed out the heads, uh, 3D printed. We printed out uh, Cupcake completely. Uh, <laughs> we printed out all the mechanisms, all the eyes. Um, so all that stuff came together relatively quickly. Um, you know, we had amazing painters, um, you know, to make them look great. And, uh, then, you know, it went to programming and Terry, who's uh, the, the lead mechanical designer here, he 
um, I said, we probably need to do it. We, we were going to do it to where each person uh, controlled their own head uh, during the song. Like they have a little, a Freddie song. Um, sort of like Chuck E. Cheese. So, sure, but, sure. You know, right before you die. Right, yeah. Right. And, and, and so another another challenge for this was all of this had to be shipped to South Carolina to actors that we had never worked with. And uh, in, in these guys, they hired dancers who could mimic a, ro- a robotic character. Uh, we had to build the suits uh, to, um, I guess, well, no. Here's how we built the suits. We borrowed a, uh, a, a Kevin Bacon body, or we rented one from Al- Alec Gillis. He had a uh, Kevin Bacon's uh, uh, live cast. Um, for for I think uh, from The Invisible Man, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so we used that. We padded it out, um, and then we sculpted a, a body Hoven on film. it. Yes. They still have exactly. that thing? The Verhoeven movie yes. came out Oh, years we, we all We all keep everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Somewhere yeah, Kevin Bacon all, is like, yes. you guys kept the cloned yes. body of me from yes wow we trade yeah we keep these things and we trade you guys uh, uh, we, you guys yeah. want a kevin bacon i got a kevin yes. bacon in the back <laughs> that's amazing so we took the measurements uh of the body and we said okay you cannot have an actor any bigger than this they have to okay. fit this so um so this this may- does count as seven degrees like as Kevin Bacon, like Five Nights at Freddy's yes. is now within two degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> exactly. I, I I think it counts. This is incredible, Lee. Sorry to interrupt yeah. with, with that. No, it's like, okay. Oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> so we, you know, we made the suits, um, and th- then we had the heads, and, and I was going to have, um, we were going to have each actor uh, hit the button to start the heads and stop the heads, and you know, I realized these guys are completely inexperienced. They have no idea how to do this stuff. Um, they've never put the on a suit like this, yeah. these dancers. So, you know, I said, let's put it all on one button. So, you know, the director hits the button, they all start singing, uh, and the, but he can turn it off when he wants to turn it back on. So they got the, all their shots. They were able to just stop it. And, and, uh, you know, everybody, all the characters sang their little part at the, exactly the right time. So it worked really well. I mean, I've never seen anything work this well, uh, in my life. So it's, it was amazing. They actually, they actually, uh, f- uh, quit filming three hours earlier than what they expected, which as you know, that never happens. So, <laughs> I mean, with an eight week window to put these together, an eight week yeah. window, yeah. and I want the Geekscape is listening and watching to understand that an eight week window for five to six characters and then sh- with shipping them across right. the country. That's five days. Uh, yeah. It's so aggressive. And yeah. then a one day shoot. Did they return them to you or did they keep them? And at uh, what state of disrepair are they in? Because I think the whole thing with five nights of Freddy is that like, as you survive or as you set off traps to, to, to keep these things from getting you that, you know, the, the, these, these characters start to fall apart and they, you know, again, like the Terminator at the end of Terminator one, go, you know, they, they're in a set, you know, the skin starts to go and then the arm starts becoming skeletal and things like that. Uh, were, are they destroyed over the course of this project? Well, when people wear suits like this, they, they, they sweat. Uh, profusely. It's like they, you lose about 10 pounds, uh, when you wear a suit like this. So these things get completely soaked. Um, you know, they did a, they did a, a half a day of, um, rehearsal the day before and they were, you know, they were soaked. I mean, you know, they had to also, you know, take the head on and off. If we, if we had to shoot this for two or three days, we'd have to be touching things up and repairing things. But, um, I, I assume that they're in Sox's garage or in his, 
uh, <laughs> house somewhere. I don't know where they are right now. I did, they, they did keep them. And I think, you know, they might want to do a making of, or they might want to do something else with them. Um, Cause this yeah, has been like, like, right now it's like, it's over. I mean, I think they've, you know, since last Wednesday, I think they've got over five, six, almost five and a half million views. On the, yeah, on the, I, uh, I checked it yeah. just yesterday, and I think it was upwards of yeah. that by a bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's over on the Sox YouTube channel. You can see this video, and yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, so I told I somebody, I'm like, I think that they probably have more, or they probably have just as many eyeballs as the actual movie. I mean, you know, if you think about it in terms of ticket sales, so. <laughs> And that's the thing is that this movie, Five Nights at Freddy, it came out concurrently on Peacock as well as in theaters. And, it, and, and even though you had the chance to stream online this movie day and date with the release theatrically, it made, I think, $78 million domestically. Yeah. This is what kids are all about. This is what kids are who are probably too young to play this kind of material. But, I mean, when we were kids, we were into the Chucky stuff. I mean... I was telling somebody last night at Halloween, we were over at a friend's house and, um, and it's always the uncle who shows you Chucky for as far as Latinos go like myself, like it's always that <laughs> uncle who's like, you want to see Chucky? There was, there was a, a video going around social media recently that friends kept sending me and they were like, and it's basically a scene sequence in Chucky where he's attacking the mom, but he's, but it's, but it's, it's Mexican Chucky. It's Chucky in Spanish. Yeah. And, and the whole joke of it is that, he's just cursing out in Spanish, which always sounds dirtier. <laughs> and it's like, wow, Mexican Chucky goes hard. And to me, that's the Chucky I knew. I only knew the Spanish language Chucky. Cause that is what, while my parents were here in the States are like really making sure I'm not watching that stuff. You got that uncle. who's yes. like, Hey kids, you want to watch the horror movie? There you go. <laughs> You're going to love this one. It's got a doll in it. And man, it was for me, it was Freddie and Jason. It was the comic book ones. It was the cart. It was the fun ones that yeah. quote unquote fun ones, but it was the, you know, I, I like the horror movies that have these kind of characters in them where it's a bit of a comic book. Yeah. You know? I enjoyed the dinosaur. You know, I was big into dinosaurs, uh, big into Godzilla, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. King Kong was a, a huge favorite. I love stop motion. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I had, Everybody had GI Joes, but my GI Joe, I made into King Kong. Um, you know, I put hair all over it and sculpted a, a King Kong face on it. And I had the buildings and I did. It's, it's really weird. I, I think about it now. I'm like, why didn't I actually get a camera and shoot stop motion? But I would just sort of puppeteer it, you know, and I was very, I loved puppets as well. Um, which is, you know, very cool that I got to work at Jim Henson's. Um, uh, but, you know, those are the kind of things that I love. Um, it was at uh, the era of the dinosaurs, like, oh, Sid and Marty Croft for yeah. sure. And I think yeah. there's a bit of connective cultural DNA connecting Sid and Marty Croft and that stuff to yeah. the Five Nights at Freddy's characters. Yeah. You know, like, not that Sid and Marty Croft's characters were ever creepy, but from the animatronics to the live shows to the variety yeah. shows, like that yeah. stuff always had some... There's something to him. It was just beautiful. We we yeah. we had Shane Shane O'Hare who who does our video game show here at Comic Con. He interviewed either Sid or Marty, but the Crofts are still. I mean that whole that whole oh, yeah. brand and that whole company is still rocking. Yeah, you know, as we go to the know, holidays, you're going to see a lot of them. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that like have worked with them, and I I'm not big into celebrities at all. I don't. It doesn't 
impress me. But those two, I'm like, I think I would, I've never really reached out to them, but I think I would probably lose it if I, you know, if I did, I mean, those two, like, I think about those people, like, you know, me as a kid watching those shows and I'm like, man, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah. Uh, Land of the Lost, you know, HR Puff and stuff. Love that stuff. Yeah, the uh, Land of the Lost. Again, we're talking about something like Chaka, which scared <laughs> the hell out of us. Like Chaka was straight scary. There's even a there's a punk band called Scared of Chaka. Did you know that? <laughs> there's a punk rock band. At least there was in the '90s called Scared of Chaka. And I just remember seeing that name and being like, "Yep, me too," and realizing that. That was part of the zeitgeist. Was like, yeah, Chaka is the scary part of Land of the Lost, even though so there's were, sleep stacks. Yeah, you were scared. I was like looking at the D. De- I was like, why that? Why can I see like a little line on the? You know, <laughs> I, I can see all the things that are wrong with Chaka that don't work. That's what Could I was. You imagine at. Chaka under somebody who's an expert in that field, like Rick Baker. I mean, I th- I think that <laughs> yes. people forget, and and I think the trailer hits this week for. Uh, kingdom of the planet of the apes or whatever the next planet of the apes movie is. And I love these new planet of the apes movies that, that they're making. I think they're great. And I love the old planet of the apes movies. Of course, I love the old planet of the apes movies, but Tim Burton's kind of forgotten planet of the apes from the early two thousands, the Mark yes. Wahlberg planet of the apes. First off, Tim Roth and Paul Giamatti, their performances under that makeup are incredible. I think Tim oh, Roth, yeah. Yeah. Tim Roth's Caesar performance is phenomenal. And then Rick Baker, if he did not win an Oscar for effects for that Tim Burton Planet of the Apes, and it really was not looking back at it and watching it in theaters, you're like, you know, this is, I mean, I'm not going to complain about a Planet of the Apes movie that I'm sitting and watching, regardless of what I, you know, whether or not it's working for me narratively, because it's still fun. But when, when, when the, the, the dough doesn't always rise in, in multiple places, I, I still look at that one and say, especially now that we have CGI apes, which are still phenomenal. And we still have those mocap performances, you know, which are phenomenal performances. But damn, that Tim Roth. I just Roth love the makeup. Are, yeah. That, cool. that Rick Baker makeup. And, yeah. and Let's that, Ka- the- that was Kazu did that one. Uh, Kazu Hero. Uh, Kazu, he goes by Kazu Hero now. Um, wow. He, he sculpted that one and he applied that one. And it's, it's amazing, I think. It's beautiful. And, like it was all the that- best people in Hollywood. Um, working on that. Yeah. Beautiful. And yeah. and I mean, I think my first encounter with Rick Baker as a fan was that was Greystoke. Yeah. And his wow. apes in Greystoke. Those are the, my, that's my favorite Rick Baker work. All the older, the, you know, the howling Greystoke, not the howling. Sorry. Whoops. I shouldn't Wolfen. say that. American Wolf. American, American Wolf. Werewolf. Well, American Werewolf. Yes. Well, American Werewolf in London, that transformation scene yeah. is on a different, yes. um, on you a did. different level. Yeah. There's a beauty to the, you know, as much as it's horrific as American Werewolf is, there's a beauty to the Greystoke apes because of that oh, realism. Yeah. They're, they right. don't and also have, they're, they're not monsters. They are apes and they're, they're supposed right. to be lifelike. They're beautiful. And they're made up apes. That's the interesting thing. It's like, they're not a chimpanzee. They're not a, they're not a bonobo. They're not a, a, a gorilla. They're just a made up ape. And it's perfect for that, you know, fairy tale, uh, aspect of of uh, Tarzan. So here's an interesting. Here's an interesting yeah. story. And um, that Planet of the Apes movie. That's actually one of the first interviews I ever had when I moved here. Was with Rick Baker. Um, you'll love this. Um, Which is this Tim Burton Planet of the Apes? Yes. Incredible. So yeah. So I got a, a um, 
and I'm sure Dick Smith set this up for me, but you know, I got, I, I sent my resume out to everybody and I got a call, you know, Rick, you know, um, come, come interview with us uh, at Rick Baker. So I went to his shop in Glendale. Um, it just looks like an industrial it, at the time. It looked like a big giant industrial they building. Do. They all do. Um, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I bet if I went to visit you, it would be like, yeah, this is warehouse over here. I love, I so, love it. So you walk in, just a very, you know, um, very just normal uh, entryway. So, okay, Rick's go, walk through that door. Rick, we'll see you now. So I walk out and then there's this castle like uh, atmosphere, this, these big stairs with two um, big flying monkeys um, on the ends of the stairs. And I walk up the stairs and Rick Baker walks out of the shadow. And the first thing I thought was like, wow, you just did that on purpose. You know, he made this, <laughs> he made this grand entrance, you know, um, which I thought was so cool. And then we walked down this hall and keep in mind, this is like one of the first interviews I had at an effects studio. So this is blowing my mind as it's happening. Um, walking down this hall, this long hall, and there's this gigantic, it's probably 12 feet tall, Grim Reaper. Um, and then you walk into his office and his office looks like this huge room in a castle with all kind of skulls and his all kind of um, displays in it. And you sit, he sat down in front of this huge fireplace. I mean, you could, you know, you literally stood up and it, you, you could probably walk into the fireplace. Um, and he, you know, gave me an hour um, looking at my portfolio and just talking to me and, you know, just, he's so generous and nice. Um, but, you know, but, you know, what he really said was, um, you know, Lee, I have 10 people I can call right now for this movie. We're doing this movie. And he, he told me everything they were doing. I mean, he told me so many things that, you know, um, were, I'm sure, very um, just top secret. Uh, and he, he said, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I really would like to hire you. And, and, but, you know, I've got 10 people who can just do exactly what I need right now. So this is not the right job for you yet you know, keep going. And, you know, then it was like, and I'm like, I, I'll, you know, I was like, I, I'll work for free. I'll do whatever you want. I'll sweep sure. the floors, you know, I, but you know, then it was like out, <laughs> out the door and that was it. And that was my, you know, that was my, um, first, one of my first interviews. And like, I, you know, I always remember that as just being so cool. And I, you know, I, I've been with him at, you know, small parties before and, and uh, after that. And, and, um, uh, other events and he's just super nice. And, and, uh, I never did work for him. I never did work for Stan, but, um, there's some people that in my opinion, um, in Hollywood that you like, you love their work and you, you, uh, want to emulate some of the things that they do, but it's almost better not to work with them because the fantasies is still alive in your mind about what's like, you know, when you, sometimes you go work for a place and you think this person is great. And it turns out that they're, a jerk and mm -hmm. you know, it's not a great place to work and it just kind of kills it all. So, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't work for him, even though all my friends say it's, it's great. It really was great to work with him um, when he was, when he had a studio. And uh, so anyway, that's my Rick Baker story. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, and yeah. you, yeah, you roll the dice with working in, in that magic and, and being able yeah. to, to work with them because because you're right like sometimes uh and this has happened with geekscape where i'm like okay well i don't think we vibe but it's you know i'm still a fan 
yeah. but I don't think we vibe. And and you're allowed those feelings, Lee. Um, but you've got your own thing going on here, and you've worked yeah. on some pretty amazing things from like Spielberg's War of the Worlds, Elton John. I believe you worked with his live tour and and things like that. What, what did make up on that? Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And so, Geekscape is. I know we're talking animatronics and things like that, um, but you know, Lee is not just animatronics. He does creature effects, makeup, all that stuff. Uh, And he's actually worked on some of um, our favorite attractions. I mean, you won a 2002 Emmy for the prosthetic design on six feet under that HBO show, which is phenomenal. And it's about, I mean, you were kind of preparing for this since you were eight years old, you know, with the dead fish and stuff like that. Like you're literally working on a show about a family that deals with a more right? <laughs> well, like, you know, it's, yeah, it's all, it's really kind of luck. You know, a lot of it's luck. I mean, you cut, you, you are as good as you are and you come into these jobs and it happens. And um, I was lucky enough to be at master's effects when that show that's that time masters was um, the, the, the guy who had the show and he is great, great um, studio. I think he's in Canada now. Um, but I was lucky enough to, the, the reason why I was able to do that is because they were, uh, out of the studio. They were in Canada filming, um, some, I can't remember, uh, Stargate or something like that. Um, you know, they had a lot of TV shows. So I was kind of left to alone to make this body and to do this, these makeups and sculpt them, um. So I was given the opportunity to do that and I, I took advantage of it. And, you know, that was the first year where an actual sculptor could be part of the Emmy. Wow. Um, yeah. So I got like, it. I got it. So I lucked out. Yeah. So, so if I, I was watch up, six feet. Yeah. Wow. If I well, watch yeah. six feet under and I yeah. see that body, how much of, like, how much like Kevin Bacon is it going to look? Oh, no, that's it was a, it was some actor. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kidding, yeah. because it had to be the because it wasn't like this the 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 six feet under stuff like it, you always see what happened to the person mm-hmm. and then they end up there in the morgue, so it was always yeah. the actor. So you had to do a live cast from the actor that was cast in the yeah and, for sure. Yeah, and they did they did so many great um, dead bodies in that show. I mean, this one was probably the, one of the lightest um, damage uh, bodies. Uh, but it was, you know, it just, it, it happened that that's the one that they liked and they nominated and, you know, it happened. So it's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, we have to talk because it's Geekscape and we love, um, Star Wars. We have okay. to talk about your work on the Galactic Star Cruiser at Walt okay. Disney World because, All right. you know, when we heard the Galactic Star Cruiser announced, that's like, the ultimate vacation, right? You get to go on this star Wars galactic star cruiser and it's almost like you're LARPing, you know, you and your family get to stay in a room and you know, there's, there's like a unique experience depending on, you know, what happens that you get to like interact with the droids and the actors who are the cast members on the galactic star cruiser. And you get to, you're basically in like in the star Wars universe on your vacation. It was such a cool idea. Right. Uh, Talk about your experiences with that because it was such a short-lived like project for us fans. Yeah. The window for us to be able to experience it was so short that yeah. it, it it's almost like it didn't for us fans find its footing and like really find its profitability. And obviously, we the po- pandemic did not help that project, right? Because vacationing got just like eliminated. Mm-hmm. But 
man, if something like that could come back, like yeah. it just um, seems so cool. What was your experience with it? Well, the reason why I could I could talk about it in a general sense um, because mm-hmm. we won a we won a, a themed entertainment award um, as part of a group that did that. So I can generally talk about it, um, and I can generally talk about you know I, there's a lot more that we did for Star Wars Land, like developing it. It was all super secret. And this uh, is the Star Wars Land time. here at Disneyland, though, like uh, uh, the whole Disneyland. all over the place, yeah, like Whoa. Florida, everywhere. I just so, did but, that a few weeks ago, and I loved it. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, you know, we do a lot of research and development work, so we did a lot of research and development on characters and 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 different things. Uh, you know, as a vendor for uh, Imagineering, and um, I can't really say too much, but um, you know, part of those things that we we part of the things that we developed uh, ended up at the Galactic Star Cruiser. And I thought it was a great idea. Um, you know, unfortunately it just didn't, you know, I, whatever, for whatever reason it didn't click. And I'm sure they're going to use that information to create, you know, to, it, it, I mean, it's like for them, it's learnings, you know, it's learnings about what's the future of entertainment, what's the future of themed entertainment, live experiences, so, you know, it's, they have a lot of money and they can, can invest in this kind of thing. And, and, you know, if it doesn't, if, if it's not right, right away, I mean, there'll be a tweak and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll come back with something else that um, makes sense, I guess. It, I'm speaking there's an argument. That. That's what I think. And there's an argument to be made. I was talking to somebody who went to their first NBA basketball game. I think this was last night. And they were like, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of sports. But a friend had tickets, and I said, "Why not?" And I went, and I and it was a completely different experience than watching it, sports on TV, which he which has never worked for them. And then you have things like I believe it's the Sphere in in Las Vegas, this concert venue that is this dome in downtown yeah. Las Vegas Same. that they can skin with any kind of yeah. LED or any kind of graphics. And my friend Adam actually does a lot of the does some of the math for that for for the Madison Group, which the Madison Square Garden Group that owns that that venue and and he wouldn't experience it because he works for them and and saw his work in person and it's u2 stuff is it's just insane and and people are paying a premium they're paying 400 five six hundred dollars plus for for tickets yeah. to the sphere in vegas and and why not uh i think as as we look at things and there was an article in variety today it's a game about, changer yeah. about marvel and marvel which we love i love my marvel i gotta go see my marvel movies gotta watch my marvel shows you know, the 12 year old Jonathan reading comics and like who never dreamed that he'd be able to see this much Marvel content on TV and in movies. So I got to see all of it. And there was an article in variety today about, um, you know, the, the, the hurdles that Marvel has in their future as they come, you know, into these phases and they, they deal with things like, did they oversaturate Disney plus? Is there too much, you know, content is it, it, you know, what's happening with the box office numbers for the Marvel films Are fans going to still show up and, and things like that. And there's an argument to be made that experiences like star Wars land, which I thought was, I had as much fun, if not more on the star Wars land rides than I did watching some of these movies because it's so immersive. And again, I go back to the sphere and, go, you know, you can watch a concert on TV. Sure. You can watch, you can listen to music and you can watch something on your phone, but being in the sphere and, and having it be a whole part of an interactive experience and something that's also collective with other people. Right. I 
think that in in you're only you're all experiencing it together you know i think there's something to be said for that as far as taking us away from the screens and the isolation that is also part of our 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 consumerism right like that's incredible yeah what's interesting is that um we're we uh we also won an award um recently for uh the pets off the leash uh the secret life of pets attraction at in universal studios in hollywood and that is one of the first um i guess one of the first uh, uh dark rides that universal has created that has 40 50 characters in it what does um, that mean dark ride uh, oh. you know, just one of these little, it's, it's, it's a kid's ride. So it's very you slow. Said park like ride or dark ride? Dark ride. Like, um, like Peter Pan's Snow White, Scary Adventures, Peter Pan's ride in Disneyland. We call it a dark ride. Um, it's something that doesn't shake too much. It just, right. kind of, it, it just it takes you through, through like, like, like schematics, like, or yeah. like little scenes, right? Like, like, uh, yeah. like Toad's Wild Ride was right. one of them. Yeah. I like those right. rides. Those rides are nice. I, I, I experienced them right after I did Star Wars Land. <laughs> yeah. So, so Universal has like recently or, or over the last 20 years been known for rides that have, um, I mean, they do have their Jurassic parks, but they also, um, have a lot of rides that have that are screen rides uh, because on a motion base, you know. So you have a lot, a lot of, of real estate over there. Like they, they like that park well, is tight because they're yeah. in Burbank and there's you can't there's build a, out. There's two there's two schools of thought in themed entertainment. I guess it's like put a lot of screens up and and put a motion simulator, or have like realistic or, or you know real things there like real animatronic characters. So. Universal has been doing a lot of these um, rides over the last 20 years that or attractions, I should say, that have a lot of screens, um, have a lot of motion simulators. And, you know, when you go through it, it's like, wow, it's almost all that. So this was one of the first ones they said, no, we're going to actual animatronics. And I was kind of at the beginning of it um, where they were thinking about how do we do this? And, and um, we we made a couple um you know, we made a couple uh, uh, animatronic characters that, you know, that were real. You could see and they could show executives. And it was like, wow, it's obvious. It's right there. It's really neat. It's right in front of everybody. So that's the direction they went. And it, it's a big success. Um, we actually did the snowball characters. Um, I guess I'm sure I could say this now because, we, we, again, we part of that award. And that's public. But um, so, um, you know now that is the direction that universe was going in. I mean, you know, Epic universe is this huge new park that they're making and, you know, I can't say anything about it, but I can tell you that it's going to be really amazing. Um, it's going to really get Disney a ride for their money. <laughs> I can't wait Lee, because uh, no offense to the Harry Potter stuff. And I have yet to experience the, the Nintendo land and as a major Nintendo fanboy, Yeah. Yeah. I really want to make it to that park, but I have not found the time to dedicate an entire day because you know i want to go repeat on that mario kart ride and i want to experience the whole thing i want to <laughs> yeah. i want to punch every every block in that yes. park. i want to punch, i want to punch, i want to experience all of it just the we, nintendo we worked on that we worked on that. i yeah. can't wait yeah. but the but yeah. the motion simulation stuff it, it i'm one of the people who gets sick and with the screens and the motion simulation yeah. i'm definitely one of the people who gets sick on those rides i it just completely messes with my equilibrium and my my, I mean, I, my, I get vertigo or whatever I get on those rides and I walk out and I'm like, sweetie, give me a minute. I might be good to go in about 30 minutes. I can't eat anything like it. Those rides kind of make me sick. 
Uh, as much really... as as much as I enjoy them, they they totally make my my body whack out. <laughs> yeah, there's really there's a really great one in uh, Avatar Land uh, in, in Disney World. Um, mm -hmm. It's you you get on a bike and you, uh, you you actually get locked into the bike, which I didn't. You know, you walk through this it's beautiful like horse from the movie or something. Uh, it's it is it is you're, yeah. you're riding on the dragon and yeah. So you go through this beautiful queue. I mean, it's just an amazing. Uh, land and then you go on this it's called ride of the blank i can't i'm blanking out on it sure 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 but you you uh, sit on it and i'm a little bit claustrophobic and um you sit on the this sort of bike thing and then all of a sudden your legs get locked in uh. your back gets locked in and, uh. and, and i was like ah, i'm gonna ruin this ride for everybody because i have to get off this immediately <laughs> but i calmed down and then you know took the ride and it's you kind of i think the bike actually goes faces this way and you're like looking at this huge screen but you don't understand what what's going on but it's but you just can, but your it's body really amazing it downward. feels like you're flying yeah. yeah it feels like you're flying through the air it's it's so cool i mean if that's one that you should do you should you know suck it up and try that I'll one suck it's, it up amazing I'll suck it up. <laughs> i mean the th i believe the thing i'm sucking up is my own like like whatever i ate an hour earlier. that's what i'm sucking <laughs> exactly. up like that's exactly. the danger with having me on these rides uh yes but I I will uh, I will make it to the Nintendo Land. I will appreciate work and, and and I'll and I'll jump on Secret Life of Pets and I'll I'll yeah. take a look at it. Like that, you can I, handle that one. I mean, once I mean, I'll tell you, like once I get through one of those rides that messes my body up and get, makes me a little bit queasy, I'm gonna need one of those normal kind of casual yeah. fun rides to just kind of chill and watch some of the scenes go by and and this and that and say hi to my some of my favorite characters. Uh, Lee, it's been awesome having you on geekscape like i love talking to you man you are a wealth yeah. of knowledge and experience uh anna roar says it's called the avatar flight of passage ride yes. she says it's so amazing it feels so real and this is coming from a fan who i, I think she's actually hung out with navi before yes. and she's riding there and then uh she actually says that she loves uh five nights at freddy's such an amazing movie and series love the games the movie was so accurate Working with a company like that would be a dream. A company like yours, I believe, in, in Geekscape is, if you want to find out more of what Lee does over at Romare Studios, they have a URL, www.romarestudios.com. It's R-O-M-A-I-R-E for Romare, yes. if you're listening to this, Geekscape. Is, and also on Facebook, you can actually search for Romare Studios on Facebook. They're just now starting their social media like like push. And... I heard Lee that you, this is your first podcast. It is my first podcast. Hmm. I feel wonderful. How was well, it's been good? Have <laughs> it's you enjoyed your well. time here? Yes. Have you enjoyed yeah. your visit to the geeks? Yeah. Like, it doesn't I didn't think I have, Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we didn't lock you in any ride. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, listen, man, I, I, I think you did great. I will oh, give you an A plus you. for you. your first podcast appearance. It's one of my first. Yes. It's amazing. Wait, first A plus. <laughs> Yes, you're so. doing greatly. Um, and and and, dude, I'm excited to see what else comes out of the studio. I'm I'm, cool. I'm immediately a fan. I think your work is awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm a I'm a Romare Studios fan from now on. Yeah. I think we'll it's come huge. visit sometime. It'll be great. I will. Yeah. I think you're. I think you're nearby. So maybe we do a Geekscape field trip. Okay. Come check out some of the uh, stuff you're working on over there at, at Romare Studios. And see some casts of Kevin Bacon. I'm kidding. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you have to give it back. 
uh, and we just uh, we just chill. Um, and Lee, if there's anything you need from Geekscape, if you want to do a panel at any of the conventions that are nearby or anything like that, let, let's do it, man. That'd be All a lot right. of fun to help promote the, the studio even more. Uh, Geekscape cool. is the Sox YouTube channel is where you're going to go to see Lee and his company's work, his entire team's work on this Five Nights at Freddy's video. It, it is awesome. Um, tell me that does not look exactly like what you saw in the movie this past weekend or in the game that you guys have been playing for the last couple of years. I think you guys did phenomenal work and, uh, Thank Who you. knows? Ne- next time you guys go on a ride at a studio or you watch a movie, uh, look for the logo. Look for Lee Romare's name maybe in, in some of the credits because you might have actually just experienced one of my favorite Geekscape guests in recent memory. Um, and Geekscape is we'll be back. I think we're going to be back tomorrow with another Geekscape because these interviews, I want to talk to people like Lee nonstop. Love it so much. And uh and so that means I have to do more Geekscapes. And I think I have another one this week. Uh, next week, I might have another one. And then we go into our Marvel twofer with Loki season two wrap up and the Marvels. Um, it's been awesome. Geekscape I saw the artwork today for our um, big brothers, big sisters charity that we're doing in Christmas uh, at Christmas time. The date is December 8th. Please mark your calendars for a full live stream from Almost every show in the network will be represented doing their own live stuff here on this feed. If you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you're in the right spot. If you're subscribed to us over at the Geekscape Forever Facebook page or the Geekscape uh, Facebook group, I think one's a group, one's a page, but just search for Geekscape, you'll find us. Or you find us on any of our socials, you'll be in the right spot to find out how you can be a part of that charity stream on the 8th of December and raising money for Big Brothers Big Sisters. And we got so much more. I mean, that comes on the tail end of LA Comic Con, where we'll be doing some live panels. A lot of the LA team will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and Lee, if you want to come poke around, come poke around LA Comic Con and hang out for a bit. Um Ooh. It's a good, it's yeah. <laughs> Watch your wallet because we have, we have friends who are like, just, they just come back and they just buy, you know, yeah. stuff on the floor. They're like, Oh my God, I got a moon night from 1973. <laughs> and it's the first appearance of werewolf by night. And I just bought it for $7,000. You're like, Oh my God, that's a serious book. Uh, but that's what, that's what we do here. We take the pop culture stuff. We make it serious. And I appreciate you guys watching, listening and all that. Share Geekscape with your friends and tell people about Lee Stromer and his work. Because we really appreciate, or Lee, I said Stomare. No, that's like, that's not your name. Lee Romare, Peter Stomare is who I was thinking of, actor Peter Stomare uh, from Fargo. But this is Lee Romare uh, and his work, and I appreciate you being here, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thanks, brother. All right. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.